The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. What do you know about meth? Do you know kids as young as 12 are using it? And because of meth, people are losing their values, morals, and their self-respect. When you use meth, you steal, lie to your family and loved ones. You become physically, emotionally, and mentally destructive to yourself and others. You end up on the streets, addicted, and with nothing. Meth. Not even once, because all it takes is a moment to destroy yourself, the ones you love, and waste away your life. To find out more, visit methproject.org. Weekly Signals, the only weekly news commentary radio broadcast that features a dog named Molly. Weekly Signals, with Nathan Callahan and Mike Kaspar. News with a bite. Friday mornings at 8, here on KUCI 88.9 FM, radio that keeps on giving. listening to Get the Funk Out. I'm your host, Janine, and I have a very special guest in the studio with me. Welcome, Julie. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to be here. We are joined by Julie Jenkins, and if you've read my post on Facebook, I love your backstory, which is never-ending, and I appreciate that because I my life has been somewhat like this, but you have an incredible background. I'm going to just read this a little bit. You're a mother, grandmother, comedian, writer, nurse, you have a love of the blues, and you've been a personal assistant. You've worked in the fields of with migrant farm workers. Mm-hmm. You've been in a cardiac step-down unit. You've been a colonoscopy nurse to the rich and famous, which really sounds like a sitcom. You could go out and write <laughs> something about that. You've performed stand-up, stand-up comedy in the traveling improv group, One Sock Off. You've counseled kids and gangs through the program. Could you pronounce that? Jovenes Primero. Okay. And traveled alone in a kayak 85 miles down the Colorado River. You've studied acting at Lee Strasberg Theatrical Institute. You've been a nurse in the Los Angeles Valley College. And uh, you've, uh, you're a writer at the School of Hard Knocks. You currently write for Blues Junction, with, which is amazing. I know your connection with Sheldon Abbott with Cure for the Blues. And you also do private nursing duty. But what's really intriguing is five months ago, you were armed with only a saucepan that plugged into a lighter. Mm-hmm. Yay. <laughs> I think my kids were like, I want, I want one of those. Uh, <laughs> a pair of flannel <laughs> underwear and a lot of determination and grit, and you decided to quit your nursing job in Beverly Hills and give away all your possessions and embark on your dream of driving alone across the United States in your 98 Suzuku, Suzuki, Suzuki esteem, interviewing blues musicians and making a video documentary that you call Cheesecake Blues and My Trip Across America. Wow, Julie Jenkins, you are amazing. <laughs> I don't know where to start. Yeah. Tell me about, you know, as a kid, did you feel like you had all these different interests and especially music? Um, 
Mm, as a kid, let's see. Well, probably when I was a very young child, uh, my my main interest was writing. I, I liked writing poems, mm -hmm. short poems, and it seemed as though I was pretty good at it because my mother never believed that I wrote them. <laughs> A supportive. <laughs> yeah, she, she wasn't. She, it, I was always so disappointed because I would bring her this little poem and she would say, you can't say that you wrote things that you didn't write. And you're like, excuse me, I wrote it? <laughs> yeah, so, but I wasn't old enough to understand that, you know, oh, it must mean that's pretty good. I was right. just like, wah, she doesn't believe me. Aww. But I loved writing all my life. Um, music I got into a little bit later. Okay. Mm -hmm. Did you play an instrument when you were younger? I played the violin for a short period of time. I really wanted to play the cello. Nice. I love the cello, but my mom didn't want me to sit like that. <laughs> so <laughs> my brother got to play the cello and I didn't. Uh. Um, but that was just for a very short period of time. Okay. All right. That, that's the only musical instrument I've ever played. And you know, you and I were talking about this um, before we went online. Uh, on air and I was saying when I was little I remember just staring at guitar players I would I grew up in New York and I remember staring at these bands and not at them singing or whatever just watching their hands mm -hmm. watching what they were doing with the neck of the guitar and I was just riveted mm -hmm. did you find that you just had this fascination with music and musicians and the whole life well, when I was about 21, I started working at the Musicians Union Local 47 in Hollywood on Vine Street. Mm -hmm. And I always loved music. I was a big Beatle freak and, you yes. know, I loved Motown and all of that in the 70s. But when I got the job at the union, um, I was dealing with giving musicians their money. So they were good to me in return. You know, they would come to get their checks. They wanted right. them to be right. and. <laughs> And I think they liked me, too. And so they would invite me to all this cool stuff. Nice. So I really got into live music. I love live music. It's really an, an addiction. It's become an addiction to me. If I don't have it, I get antsy. You know, I, I need to go see live music. It's, and it's, it's the same. It's like you were saying. I would stare. Right. Watch mm -hmm. how they did it, because it's fascinating to me that we can put together wire and wood and ivory, and these sounds come out that just move us. It creates such emotion in us. Yeah, I know. It's, it's wild. It's, it is. It's just really cool. Yeah. I, I love it. You know what's interesting? Um, I often talk to people where they'll say, "No, I don't listen to the radio," or you know, I don't. Like, I have all my albums which dates me, but, but I, I'm proud to say I have all my albums, most of them from growing up, and I love music. I listen to music first thing in the morning, 6 a.m., put the music on. It's very powerful to have music in my life. I just can't imagine not having it. Yeah, yeah I can't imagine it either. I, I am not one that listens to recorded music often. Um, I will sometimes, but I listen to so much live music. Like for a while, every night I was listening to live music. I would go out every night Whoa. and listen to live music. And um, that's really where, where what thrills me. Um, I like quiet in my house. Mm -hmm. I like a little bit of a meditative state because there's so much going on otherwise. But I have a little collection when I'm in the mood, you know, <laughs> I, I listen to I listen to recorded music, but nice. li live music is really my favorite thing. Oh, sure, sure. Now you're a mom. How did you fit in your music when your kids were younger? And, you know, um, I didn't do a whole lot of it. Um, when the kids were growing up, my kids are, you know, older um, now. But 
what I did was I had a Friday night out. Friday night nice. was my night out for live music. All right. And that was also when I was working at the union. So back then it was it was mostly on a Friday night that I would take advantage of that because I was you know, the uh, Girl Scout leader and, you know, I like to do things in my kids' classrooms and go on field trips and sure, stuff like that. Sure. So, But mommy needed a little time, too. Mommy needed a little <laughs> time and, uh, you know, uh, I, I got it. I got That's it. Good. That's yeah. good. And do your kids have an appreciation for music the way you do? Oh, my goodness, my children. Um, let's see. My son, John, my oldest son, uh, plays the bass. Nice. But he actually, his career is he's a special effects makeup artist. Oh, that's interesting. And very good at it. Um, my son, Zach, is a writer, okay. um, like his mother and okay. his father. Um, my uh, daughter, Holly, got her degree in dance education and choreography. She's really not much she loves music but she's not a musician my daughter heather and her husband zach own a robot building business you're kidding <laughs> that's amazing yeah uh the machine lab and um what kind of robots are they building like well initially it was robots for um tv and movies and mm -hmm. things like that and then he started building robots for the swat team uh, they were living here in California, but they wanted to raise their children somewhere, you know, beautiful and spacious. Mm -hmm. And finally, they got to the point where they didn't really need to be here. He was done working in the entertainment industry for the most part. Okay. So they moved to Colorado. Now he builds, um, like, he built this really cool robot that sort of hacked down weeds. Like <laughs> I want one of those. They, they, yeah, <laughs> but it was, like, really this huge monster robot for... Uh, like minefields, okay. But the That's but they'd smart. been there for so long, all the weeds had grown. Oh, so oh. They, they instead of going hack hack hack, yeah. you know, with these tiny little clippers yes. or something, he built this big robot that just like soared through it all and cut That's it all down. Amazing. Yeah. I guess people used to use what cows to eat the weeds. And I guess. Now people got robots. But they'd be blown up. The cows would be blown up in the minefield. Right. So the ro true. robot is better. I want a robot to clean my house. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'll put it in order for Wouldn't you. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. I've seen the ones that vacuum. But I need one to come in and just, you know, do the whole thing. My house. Yeah. <laughs> come home, all the beds are made, everything's clean. Um, so I, I want to touch on your background. You have a lot of different interests. Has anybody ever said, what, what, what are you doing here? You got this, you got that. You know, it's nice that you, you've just kind of followed your heart. You, you know, you and I talked also how I was saying you meet people and there's messages to what they have to say. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and that. I think that if you're opening to hearing it, a lot of people uh, bring a lot to you. A lot of people say a lot of things, and you know it seems nonchalant, but it turns out to be really significant. Right. Um, and I've had that happen more than once. Um, this whole trip actually sort of edged on a couple of comments that were made like that. Actually, three comments that were made in one week moved me to to start off on this journey across the country. And if you're just <laughs> tuning in, we're talking with Julie Jenkins. This is Get the Funk Out Show. And your journey was? My journey was um, I wanted to drive across the United States and interview a bunch of blues musicians and write a book. And that, that was my plan. And how did that come about? How did you come up with this? Well, um, several years back after my divorce... I sort of like cried for a year and then um, I decided I needed to get out. 
So I went to this little blues club up the street, Cozy's, beautiful on Ventura, mm-hmm. and there was a band playing there. And uh, the leader of the band is now one of my best friends. Nice. <laughs> but it was the Dennis Jones Band, and it was the first time I went out to have fun. That's you know. sad. <laughs> <laughs> well, in a year, in a year. I know, but still. You, you know, I had to get used. I had to, I know, you know. Of course. I needed to like sob no. and kick things of a little course, bit, so I did course. that. Um, but he was just, I mean, his guitar. I honestly, I'm sorry, Dennis, if you're listening, but when I first saw him, he's such a, he's so handsome. But it was this, this handsome black man with a cowboy hat and mm-hmm. i said is this going to be like what kind of music is this going to be like some kind of cowboy funk what, what what's going to happen sure here? you had no idea so he got on the stage and he was just this amazing guitar charismatic player. and yeah. oh my god and so so then i went to see him again like three days later <laughs> you became his groupie <laughs> well okay we can call it that today um but that sort of started turning me on to a bunch of different clubs around because I didn't know many. Okay. And then I started just opening up my world again to live music. And, um, you know, I I wanted to write about it. I'm a writer. And, and live music just really, it, it, it turns me on. Sure, sure absolutely. No, it, I hear you. It's, it's so powerful. It grabs you from inside your soul. And, yeah. And... Um, you know, I could easily not watch TV, not do anything else, but just listen to music, perform music. It, it's just amazing. Yeah. The feeling. Yeah. The feeling. So go ahead, tell me about, so I, I want to get into this journey, but what made you just say, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to get rid of my stuff and do this. Um, well, I was in New York and I love New York. My, my father was in New York and um, I used to go there as a child occasionally and I never felt like I was done with it. I would go to New York and feel like a kid dropped off at Disneyland saying, um, okay, you've got one ride. You've got one ride, that's it, come back out to the car. I wanted to stay, and I went to New York a few months ago, maybe last August, and um, I met a woman there. I met a woman okay. in a coffee bar. Okay. I was getting coffee and she said, and we started talking. I had a shirt that said poet. And we started talking. She said, so how do you like New York? And I (laughs) said, I love New York. I'm in love with New York. And she said, do you mean that or are you just saying it? (laughs) She wanted to really test you here. And I said, I mean it. She said, I would sublet you my apartment. (gasps) I said, where is it? She said, it's on the Upper West Side. I said, can't afford it. She said, I would sublet it to you for the number that she gave me was just irresistible. Yeah. Wow. And so I thought, wow, I could maybe really do this. Beautiful. So that was the one thing that the coincidence had happened. So I went home and I thought about it. I said, oh, yes, yes, I want it. But I wasn't sure. Mm -hmm. I just wanted her to hold it. Sure. (laughs) So I got home and... um, the place that I was working for at the time, I was really overworked. I had taken on far too much, and I was not happy there. And I got to work, and my boss was rude to me. And so I went he home. He was doing you a favor, by the way. He was doing. <laughs> he did me the best yeah, favor. He was a jerk, and he's like, "Thanks, yeah, bye." And, and yeah, and I thought, you know, really, why am I really coming here every day? Yes. Yes. And why am I treated badly? And the answer was because you let it happen because you keep showing up for That's it. That's right. That's right. There's an apartment in New York. Here There's I am. an apartment Crap in New York. Or get out and exactly. open my life. Yep. 
Um, and yeah. then the the final straw, really, you know, I started thinking about it then. And then I watched, I had a friend who had Lou Gehrig's disease, um, mm. Eric Lowen, who passed away the day before yesterday, actually. Oh, so Julie. rest in peace, my love. Heavy. Um, and through him, I met some other wonderful, fascinating people. And one of them was a young young lady, 30 years old, and she had ALS as well. And she posted something that said, what would you do if your doctor told you you only had two years left to live? So in five days' time, those things happened to me. And I thought, if I knew I only had two years left to live, I would do this project. And I don't know that I don't have two years left to live. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you're living life as if you only, yeah. Absolutely. And that's great. That's yeah. Great. So I bought a map. Okay. And I just started mapping it out. I was like, I'm doing it. Beautiful. And I, and I just started creating it, and I'm, it started happening. Did you have people saying, are you nuts, a woman driving cross-country by yourself? Come on. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was probably at least 50%. Sure. Um, so there were times when it was difficult. But I also have like a really wonderful, beautiful network of people that supported me. Nice. So that was very instrumental in, in my ability to accomplish that. Nice. Um, but yeah, people thought I had lost my mind and all my male friends were like, I can do this stretch of the journey with you and nice. I can do from here to here so you won't be alone. You'll have a man with you. And, and I'll follow you. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, I just wanted to be alone. Sure. It wasn't that I it wasn't grateful for the offer of the help. I wanted to be alone. Which is healthy. A lot of women do not like to be alone. Mm-hmm. And I respect that. I like being alone. Yeah, I love yeah. it. I lived alone for five years at one point, and it was the best because you really discover who you are, yes. and you uh, deal with a lot of your own issues and insecurities, and it's nice. Yeah, it's good. It's a growing experience. Alone is good. It is, and so, but you weren't driving, you know, at three in the morning through who knows where, right? Um, I tried to avoid that particular scenario. Yes, good. Um, I was pretty cognizant of the fact that I was a woman alone. Good. So, and I had a lot of support from like blues communities across the country. Mm-hmm. The trip was just amazing. The people that I met and the things that happened. It was almost as if the interviews with the musicians, which were so much fun. Oh, I bet. Um, became a part of my story and not the story. Amazing. Yeah. So what was happening day to day really became the story. And I had this great following of people on my on my uh, Facebook group, Cheesecake Blues, on my trip across America. I love that. <laughs> so I would post every day, and every day people would go, so what happened with the ticket? You know, that <laughs> officer was stupid. Right. That kind of stuff. Oh, you I know? love it. So you had people following the story as it was unfolding. Every day. Yeah, yeah. every day. So I felt like people were with me. Sure. And that I really wasn't alone, you know. You know what's interesting about this? I remember when I was in graduate school, and there's two types of research. There's qualitative and quantitative, and I love the qualitative, which is the interviews, because you never know. Like, you go out with a with a premise, which, you, which is kind of what you think you want to find. But what happens is, as you talk to people, you start seeing all these themes that are coming at you, and you're like, whoa, I never really thought about that right. aspect of this project. So it sounds like in your journey, you obviously life just took over and all these things started unfolding and you discovered a whole new aspect of this project that you never oh, thought. Oh my gosh, I've been trying to write a story about it. 
Um, and it's just been so to. difficult. Well, I don't know what I, I'm. It's going to be a few stories because there's the blues musicians. Okay. There's the people that I met along the way. There's the things that I saw, and just for instance, um, I saw. Many of my old friends that I haven't seen in years. Yeah, I'm coming through Carolina. Finally, we're going to see each other. And and so I stayed with friends along the way. And I met people um, that gave up their day. Uh, The Central Mississippi Blue Society was so great. I mean, they just dropped everything and took me on a tour around Jackson, Mississippi. Oh, look at that. And the same thing happened in Clarksdale. And, you know, all over the place, these people just reached out and phenomenal embraced me and and uh so the example that I was going to give you was in three nights I stayed in three different places one the first night I stayed in a house that cost forty thousand dollars in the middle of nowhere um with a friend of mine who is a coupon collector do you have pictures by I way? have so many photographs <laughs> And she actually had this room. I opened the. She opened the door. She goes, "Now here's all my downy." And there was like seventy five bottles of downy. And you couldn't find her. Yeah, yeah. She was like buried under it all. And then the next night, I was in like this three million dollar house with these people who loved a certain football team. So that the football team was like all over the house. Yeah, and all the TVs. You know. And then my friends in Virginia. He's a fireman, and he had his man cave. And it was full of all of his stuff. So I was having all of these extreme experiences from day to day about who people are and how they express themselves. And and then the next day it would be somebody totally different and they mm-hmm. had a totally different thing to share. And right. it, it was just, I'm so glad I did it. It's fantastic. I really, um, it's interesting to see, too, what, what people need and what makes them happy and how they survive in this life and yes. whether it's the million dollar home or the person that is, you know, a pack rat and yes, and it's really the, it, very interesting. Very interesting. We have so many people listening, by the way, I've got the streamer on and we have probably the most people I've ever had tuned into a show. Those are all my friends That's that awesome. followed me across the country. Hi mm-hmm. everybody. Thanks for tuning in to get the funk out, which by the way, we met just a short time ago yeah. And I told you about the show, and the whole idea is this is a roller coaster ride we're on. This right. Crazy life. And you had a very interesting story to tell, and I was very inspired. Thank you. I'm so glad that you invited me. I, I really am really, really happy to be here. Well, I think the message really is follow your heart. And if you're not happy doing what you're doing, you know, life's short, and you don't have to settle. Mm-hmm. And I love what you ventured out to do you know you had this passion you you just were following you know where your heart was guiding you and I love it yeah and the thing of it is just do it you know I don't want to sound like Nike or anything weird like that but but just start doing it and and then you'll you'll start moving in that direction you know it's it's uh and people say oh my goodness you you're so courageous and to me it's like I didn't even think about that. It wasn't like, well, let's see, I have to muster up some courage. It was just, I have to do this now. I have to go and do this now, you know, and and I just started doing it. It was like something just told me to do it, and so I did it. And how long did it take you to plan to do this trip? Uh, I made the decision in September. I left at the end of November because I wanted to give my job significant notice since I was doing the job of 
three people. <laughs> three people. <laughs> and they had to hire like three people. Ugh. I wanted to give them time to get it in place. Um, sure. I was a surgical nurse. I was a floor nurse and I was also the nurse manager. And so I kept on taking on more. It was my own fault. I kept saying yes. That's um, a ton of things to do. Because that's what I do. Um, but but I gave all this notice and then I just left and I, I taped this map of the United States in my kitchen. Beautiful. And I just took a yellow highlighter and marked where I wanted to go. And then I thought, eh, and then we'll see what happens, you know, and then we'll just go. And uh, I, I started the cheesecake page about then, before my journey ever started, because mm -hmm. I wanted something visual mm -hmm. that I could look at that made it real to me. Nice. Because part of me kept saying, this isn't really real, you know, this, this really isn't going to happen. I mean, it's cool that you have all this energy and stuff. Yeah. But I just kept not listening to that voice. And Good. I kept creating things. I went and got boxes and, you know, um, just did things to move in that direction. And away I went. You have to write about this. You, you really just sit down, write an outline, crank it out, an outline, and then just... Start, start filling in the outline. Well, uh, what actually happened was a friend of mine, Chet Cannon, he um, suggested before I left, you should do a video documentary. That's great. So I decided that that was a good idea. So I called my friend, Casey Reagan, who is a videographer, music you can see. And he, I said, I figured he'd have an in somewhere. And I said, mm -hmm do you know anybody that would want to donate a camera to me because I'm really broke, but I need one? Sure. And he said, I, I do know someone who would do that. Actually, I do. Me. Beautiful. So I went and picked it up, and he gave me a bunch of tapes, and I, I took the camera and, you know, my little, like you said, plug-in saucepan, and I took off, and, and I did a video documentary. You know, my, my dream of a book will still happen, but... Right. I got it all on tape. It's all it. on tape. And where can people see this, by the way? Um, we're going to start putting clips of it up on uh, on YouTube. I just handed the, the tapes over to him recently. Mm -hmm. um, so, And it's going to be, you know, I am not a videographer. Okay. I'm just like a girl with a camera. So I'm sure that he has a lot of editing that he's going to have <laughs> to figure out how to do. So um, it's going to be a while. I hope before the year is out. It'll be um, exciting to see. Yeah, but I think I think the plan is to put some little clips up here and there of cheesecake, the cheesecake site. How did you come up with that name, by the way? Oh, <laughs> uh, the the sort of a little combination of things. I was trying to think of you know these people were saying, well, when you come through here, stay with us. We have a guest room. Stay here, stay there. And I thought, what can I do for all these people? First, I thought, oh, I'll get a apron for this one and a book for that one. Mm -hmm. And and then I thought, no, what I really do well is I make a good cheesecake. Beautiful. I make a damn good cheesecake. Nice. <laughs> so I thought, okay. I'll make a cheesecake for anybody that puts me up or a poem. Thankfully, most people chose the poem because the cheesecake was getting tedious. <laughs> um, and exhausting after all that traveling and everything. Yeah, but I did crank out a few cheesecakes. Um, and, you know, just cheesecake like a girl doing her thing, you know. Um, so it was just cheesecake blues and my trip across America. I love it. You know, so that's... It sounds like a movie. Yeah, it's so funny because I just threw that out there. I didn't really think 
think you about did? a title. Yeah, I didn't really think about a title I, I, at the time. I thought it was just going to be my own little project, and you know, four or five or ten of my friends might watch. But it's turned no. into something much bigger. No, you struck a chord. You yeah, definitely struck a chord. Well, we're going to take a short break. We're talking with Julie Jenkins. I'm your host, Janine. You're listening to Get the Funk Out on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. We'll be back in just a few minutes. The opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the management of KUCI or the UC Board of Regents. For more information about this show, go to KUCI.org. Thanks for asking, but I'd rather not send you nude pictures. I'm camera shy. I already said no. It's against my religion. I'm giving my dog a bath. You can have pictures of that. Pressure gives me hives. Under my clothes, I'm a robot. Hold on, let me ask my mom. Sorry, my webcam is broken. I'm worried they'll get passed around school. Unfortunately, I just had my clothes surgically attached to my body. If they got out, I might never be president. I'm already naked, under my clothes. Not even if you were all three Jonas Brothers. I have a rash. I have nudophobia. I have lizard skin. The more you ask, the less I want to. You're not the boss of me. Nudity makes me vomit. I'm a vampire, so I don't show up in pictures anyways. Your badgering has really killed the mood. When someone is pressuring you to do something you don't want to, how many ways can you say no before they get the message? Let us know at that'snotcool.com. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Close your eyes for a moment. Now imagine you're away from it all. Beside a crystal clear mountain stream, the cool grass crunches underfoot. Take a deep breath and drink in the sound of water cascading over the stones as birds call out from above. A real paradise like this isn't easy to come by, but it does still exist. And with your help, places like this one can last forever. You see, the Nature Conservancy works locally with communities, businesses, and people like you to preserve the most precious natural places around the world. They protect the animals that live there, the plants that grow there, and even the water. That way, this beautiful place will be beautiful forever. And we'll make sure that closing your eyes will never be the only way to get there. I'm Paul Newman. Help the Nature Conservancy save the last great places. Visit the Nature Conservancy at nature.org. That's nature.org. Gas prices have been going up a lot lately, and they'll probably continue to. KUCI offers a few tips to help curb this burden. First, if you live close to your school or work, consider riding a bike. It's healthier for you and for the environment, and it can actually be a lot of fun. If that won't work for you, we recommend that you make sure your vehicle is as empty as possible. In other words, don't keep junk in your trunk. Any unnecessary weight can have a huge impact on your mileage over the long run. So considering the skyrocketing cost of gas, it's a great time to break the four-wheel habit. You'll get great exercise, increase your energy, and elevate your overall mood. Plus, it's great for the environment. And you'll never have to worry about getting stuck in traffic again and have a great parking spot. I'd like to tell you about a very special organization called Garda Heart. It's a 5013C organization dedicated to bringing heart disease prevention and awareness to the forefront of our lives. With an incredible team and board rallying for this cause, Garda Heart is taking a brand new approach to fighting heart disease through the community. They are establishing heart health lifestyle groups designed to build friendships, cultivate healthy habits, create accountability and raise awareness about heart disease and its ramifications. 
Garda Heart partners with leading organizations to offer communities a comprehensive array of preventative products, tests, and programs. Their focus is to fight the leading causes of heart disease, one person at a time. Their most recent event, the 84th Annual Academy Awards Guardian of Hearts Awards Pre-Oscar Benefit honoring Larry King was a huge success. And the message is clear. Know your risk, save a life. For more information and to find out more about upcoming events, visit www.guardaheart.org. Hi there, we're back with Julie Jenkins. I'm your host, Janine. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM. This is the Get the Funk Out Show. Can you say that for me, by the way? Get the funk out. Get the funk out. Doesn't that make you feel better? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> People like laugh every time I tell them the name of the show. So Julie has been talking about her whole journey, and I love what you're calling this. Um, actually, this is part of your book outline, Cheesecake Blues and My Journey Across America. or yeah, this- my, my Trip Across America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just love this. Tell me, when you started your journey, was it was there ever a moment you said, what was I thinking? I mean, is this is scary or this is exciting. Was it a whole mixed bag of emotions? You know, mostly um, I wasn't sure what I was thinking, but I would have these, I would say five or ten minutes a day where I would freeze and go, you quit your job in this economy. You gave up your employment. You have no check, dear. You know, I mean, I, I, I would I would stop for a minute and go, oh, my God, I don't have anything left. And, you know, I gave everything away. I, so, I actually, I sold a couple of things, but most, my, like my TV, you know, mm-hmm. which, which only collected dust. I never watched TV. That's fine. No like loss somebody there. Somebody gave me this flat screen that just stayed there and collected dust. But there was a couple of things I sold, but I just, there's so many people that, you know, need stuff. So anyway, I, I, I got rid of everything. And, and then I looked around my apartment. I was like, you have no job and no belongings. <laughs> what, did you, what have you done? But, um, you know, I, I just, that would only last a short period good, of time. Good. And the day that I started driving away in my little car, which, just like, which was like stuffed to the brim, I kept my art, my photographs, my music, like some clay dinosaurs that the kids made when they were little. Cute. Um, stuff like that I kept and some clothes. And that's it. And um, But I felt so, fr- I felt like I had wings. Beautiful. Uh, yeah, it was great. I'm telling you, you know, I, I was in the uh, UCI screenwriting program and I'm in my mind I'm saying to myself, this is a screenplay. Yes. It, it totally is. I mean, <laughs> think about it. A woman is treated like crap. She's been through ups and downs in this roller coaster ride, and she decides she's going to take this journey across the country. How intriguing. Yeah. Yeah. It does seem to be intriguing, as you can see. It's, you know, people seem to be. I've gotten letters actually from people all over the world that have said, What you are doing has made me change my life. Sure. How'd they hear about you, by the way? Um, this letters. little cheesecake site, you know, and, and I post on my regular Facebook some things as mm-hmm. well. But I started the cheesecake page because I thought all of my friends aren't going to be interested in my little silly journey. So I picked a few that I thought would be interested. Right. So I started with just a few, but I, I got requests for people that wanted to join that I don't even know how they heard about it. They weren't <laughs> even my friends on Facebook. All right. They just like wanted to join. And so I said, okay. And so it just kind of got bigger. And because of that, 
because these people have made a decision about their life based on what I've done, I've made some incredible friends because those kinds of people are incredible people. <laughs> right. They don't, but they didn't realize that maybe they, by meeting you and listening to you, they connected with you on a certain level. Yeah. Yeah, they, they did. And so my life is just full of so much um, joy, really. I mean, I, I really, I really am like really happy that's fantastic <laughs> it's very therapeutic to do what you did yeah you know? it's it's very therapeutic you know it's it's now i'm at the time where it's like the huge excitement is over um i'm still hyped about it but i'm not on the road anymore we're okay. sort of in the production process i ha i'm hoping my, my plan was to also do the the eastern or the um the northern part of the country, because Chicago, I mean, you've got places that have blues. Oh, come <laughs> that on, need Chicago, to be. I mean, sure. yeah, you know, but I did I did the southern route. Mm -hmm. And um, so I wanted to sort of get it as encompassed as I could. But we'll we'll see how That's that goes. That's your next book. That's your next That's book. That's my next book, yes. part two. And you don't do that in the wintertime. You don't go to Chicago in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, I'm, that's why, well, I shouldn't say that's why, but it was one of the reasons that I chose the Southern route okay. because I did it in the winter. Oh, you did? I did it in the winter. Okay. Actually, on Christmas Day, um, I wound up with my, I had a friend named Barbara. Barbara was murdered a few years ago. Oh, my gosh. She was one of my oldest and dearest friends, and she has a daughter who lived in Georgia that I hadn't seen since she was tiny. I helped oh. kind of bring her into the world, actually. Oh, my gosh. That's and fantastic. my Christmas Day was spent with her. And I hadn't seen her since prior to this horrific event in her life. So we had some mourning to do together. Sure. And it brought us very close. It was be beautiful. She was so excited that I was going to be there on Christmas. Beautiful. And um, so that was something totally unexpected and I didn't know when I was going to be there because the weather was like, I don't know when I'm going to be where. Sure. But right. as it turned out, our plan uh, came to fruition that I would be there on Christmas. And so that was one. That's the tip of the iceberg of the beautiful things that happened to me along that journey was seeing this young girl again and meeting her son. And, you know, that kind of stuff. It just happened to me all across the country. Just beautiful, amazing experiences. Did you keep a journal? Every oh, day? absolutely. I, oh, my gosh. It was trying to keep all of those stories and all that information was crazy because wherever I would get, the first thing I had to do was charge the camera. Yes. You know, I had to make sure the camera was charged. I had to make sure there was a new tape in it because a couple of times I taped over some stuff. Oh, no. Because um, I was road weary and, mm -hmm. you know, and then I would talk into my phone, into the voice recorder to give myself some notes to go on. You know, and in between you have to take a shower and sleep and sure. get back on the road again. Yes. And you have to eat a lot. Yeah. If you're especially like in New Orleans. <laughs> you have to. You'll, you'll get arrested if you don't eat lots of <laughs> New Orleans food every day. I mean, it was ridiculous. What are those delicious things they make? They look like patties and they're caramel with nuts. There's a name for them. Beignets? But no, maybe, I don't, they don't. No, have, they're, it's they're a plain. candy. There's, it's a candy. Oh, um, 
I don't know. I didn't eat I, I much forget. candy. I ate a lot of crawfish etouffee, mm -hmm. key lime pie figured in prominently, pecan pie, um, nice. just all Looking kinds hungry. of stuff. Yeah, I say, I'm, I say I'm working on my goal weight <laughs> of 504 pounds. <laughs> well, I just gave you those I little you robin did. eggs. Thank you. you. Caramel you, robin eggs. Caramel yes. robin eggs, yes. Thank you. So. I have to have willpower now. Yeah. Thanks a lot. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Any, did you feel at some point did you always feel safe? You felt secure? You felt okay about this journey? Was there any time when you thought, oh my goodness, I have to... No, there really was no time ever that that happened to me. Good, um, good. I, I sort of have always felt that I could handle just about anything. I have this feeling that I can, which sometimes has gotten me in trouble, you know. Mm -hmm. So at one time I was driving down the street and these two men were fighting and they had knives. Oh, that's great. And I'm not smart. <laughs> and so I like pulled over and rolled down my window and I was like, stop that right you now. Over? I'm going to call the police. It's like I always feel like nothing bad can ever happen I to me. I guess not. Yeah. So that wasn't smart. And I got a big lecture for that. So when he came towards my car with the knife, I was like, oh, wait, I'm in the wrong place. I need to put my pedal to the metal. Um, but no, I never, I never felt unsafe. And that's good. Part of the reason is because of all those that big following that I had. Mm -hmm. If I missed a post, somebody would say, "Oh, good. I wonder when she's going to post again. I wonder what's yes. happening. I wonder where she is." Yes. So you had people tracking you. I had people tracking me, and um, I have a friend that I have on. Do you, Do you know what this Latitude app is? No. It's so great. Um, if you trust somebody enough. You get on this latitude thing, and they can see where you are every minute. If you change cities, okay, they can see that you've changed cities. Well, that's smart. Yeah, they know where you are, especially yeah. when you're doing what you're doing. Right. Yeah. So, so you know, I always felt pretty pretty good. I never felt alone. That's good. Yeah. That's good. When I was little, growing up in New York, I remember you have to be very street smart, and um, <laughs> I just figured if you act weird, if you <laughs> people won't bother you. Yeah. And, you know, there are times when you don't want the attention of people, so you just act a little strange. People go away. Right, know? right. It's like, it's like Steve Martin said, if you want to take your wallet across Central Park, it's really easy to do in the middle of the night. You just pee your pants. There you go. Fill up a cart with trash <laughs> and talk to yourself and drool when you walk across the park. It's easy. You can get through Central Pick Park. Pick your nose, anything you know, yeah. along those lines, yes. <laughs> Do you have a feeling after this was over of, okay, what's next? I have to do something because it was like a, a huge letdown. Like, you know, it's, you know what I mean? Like you have this big buildup and then it's over and wow, you know? Yeah, um, not really. You know, um, I always feel like something really magic is around the corner. That's a great attitude. I, I, I just feel that way. You know, I always feel like there, there have been things that have happened like, when I got to New York for that apartment, mm -hmm. I finally reached my destination of New York, you know, yeah. and so great. And um, I was there a week and the woman said, I need my apartment back. I was subletting it. So what? after one week, she needed her apartment back. Why? She got a job very close to uh, the apartment mm -hmm. and um, she didn't want to schlep. Oh. And she was a little older, older than me. And all my friends were like, did you strangle her? I know. That's the shortest New York experience <laughs> I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> but the thing of it was, was that I, as she was telling me, I could see that she wasn't 
happy to be telling me. Mm-hmm. She didn't want me to be upset. She's an, a woman uh, older than me. She was offered a job, a full-time job with benefits. Yes. And she needed her apartment. Right. And so to me, it's like, I know that my future is full of everything wonderful, whether I have an apartment in New York or not. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there's just all kinds of cool stuff that's going to happen regardless of where I am. Did you say that to her? No, I just said, I understand. I, okay. I, I understand. It's not a problem. Okay. It's okay. And um, I went to Maryland to uh, stay with my cousin. She has like a place there. Mm-hmm. She said, just come. She's got like a little mother-in-law apartment. Yeah. Um, so I was there. Um, what is a mother-in-law apartment? Separate? Place? Yeah. It's like, you can come <laughs> over, but don't come upstairs. <laughs> That's a mother-in-law yeah. apartment. Stay down there. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Oh gosh. Um, so yeah, the the New York thing didn't work out. But it was what was so cool about that was that I met this woman in New York. Yes. And that really is what prompted my move because I always wanted to so without her experience, without meeting her, regardless of whether I got the apartment or not, without meeting her, I wouldn't have had a a pla- a place I thought I was going. Sure, that's true. So I'm not sure that the journey would have taken place because, mm-hmm. you know, so everything everything that happens, you know, opens a door. Yes. And my meeting her opened a door and my leaving her apartment opened doors. You know, it's right. doors are open all over the place. Well, you have to have that perception. You and I talked about this, too, where you have to believe that there are messages from people, you know, you don't have to go looking. They just happen. Absolutely. You know, and you, and you pay attention and you have conversations with people maybe you wouldn't normally have a conversation with and you might discover a whole new direction for yourself. Yes. Some great advice. Yes. I told you I went to a, an alumni. I went to Syracuse University. I went to an alumni lunch that I didn't want to go to. And I went and it was kind of boring at the beginning. Everybody's introducing themselves and I didn't want to be there. And I'm sitting across from this older woman. She was an actress, and she whispers to me, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm in training and development, but I don't like my job, and it's kind of boring, and I don't like when they have you go around the room and they ask you to introduce yourselves, and I'm whispering this. And I said, it makes me really nervous. (laughs) (laughs) And she says, I understand. She said, I'm an actress, and I got into acting to kind of break that. And and I said, and I always wanted to go into radio and voiceover. She says, well, I, I do a lot of voiceover. Here, call this woman today. And she wrote it on a little napkin. And I, she's, I, she says, and I mean it, Janine. You better do this. And and I, it just like startled me. And yeah. And at the end, she said, "Now you call her right now." And she, she was a lot older than I was. She was like a grandmother to me. And I did it that day. I called, and I used to go take classes in the middle of a snowstorm. I mean, I was so driven to do this. Yes. You know, I used to go when I was pregnant. I mean, it was the funniest thing. And I, you just get a passion for something, and you want to follow your heart, and it makes you feel good. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's almost like it takes on a life of its own. It's almost like you really sort of don't have a lot of control over it. You you just roll with what you feel like you need to do. You just keep moving in that direction somehow for, for whatever. You can't. Sure. You don't want to turn right or left. You want to keep going just straight ahead. That's you know? right. And That's right. It's, it's quite something. Tell me about this trip. You you saying you met a lot of interesting uh, musicians, different people. What were some of the highlights of the people you met on the trip? Oh, my goodness gracious, there were so many. Um, well, 
My favorite day, I don't know. That's I can't say it was my Okay, one of my favorite days was um in I was in Mississippi. And um I know a guitar player named Chris Gill. Mm -hmm. He's a he's a young man I met a couple of years ago on the blues cruise. And um I knew that he lived in Mississippi, but I wasn't thinking of him at all. I just was in Mississippi and he had put out a song at Christmas called Merry, it was Merry Christmas Baby from Bentonia. And I was looking on my map and I saw, oh, Bentonia. So I called Chris and as it turned out, he lived one mile away from where I was. Oh, funny. So he said, I'm going to meet you in the morning and we're going to spend the day together. I'm going to show you some things. Right. He took me down these old dirt roads to these old juke joints that had blues markers out in front of them. They were important in blues history. Sure. I mean, but you're talking you, Mississippi. So, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like Zach Harmon said um, when I interviewed him, he said, um, I said, so what was your catalyst? And he said, oh, honey, I was born in Mississippi. He said, in Mississippi, music is in the air. If you breathe in, you're going to get it. <laughs> so so I, I went on this journey with Chris, and I guess we went to... The Blue Front Cafe had been standing there since 1946. The guy running it, Historic. his parents had it. Oh. And we walked in. It was this beautiful, dilapidated old building, the pot belly stove. And Chris, of course, hunted out all these little places because he's a blues musician. As a mm -hmm. kid growing up there, he found these places. He made friends with the owners. So I came in with my camera sticking out like a sore thumb, six foot blonde with a video camera. <laughs> and they were lovely to me. They okay. did, it, was like, it was like I wasn't even there. They were like, hello. Well, you know, like I wasn't even there. Middle <laughs> of the afternoon, 10 men sitting around the fire just kind of looking. Radio on, TV on. So Chris hands him his steel. Hands, Jimmy Duck Hodges is the name of the owner. And he says, Jimmy, show me a couple of those riffs you showed me last time I was in here. Beautiful. So he takes the steel, and I sort of winked at Chris and pointed my eyes over to the TV. Chris turned down the volume, turned down the volume of the radio. This old man, the sunlight coming in through the window behind him, nice. is playing this steel. And he started singing. Oh. <laughs> and and I was just like, yeah, I'm here. This is happening. You know, I'm look down a dirt road in Mississippi. Yeah. And, and look at this beautiful man who's playing for me. You know, it was just. That's fantastic. Oh, it was just amazing. And, and that was just like one of a million things that happened to me on that trip. That, that's one of the highlights of my, I love it. my trip. I love it. Surreal moment. What advice would you give people that have found themselves in the situation you were in and had a choice to stay or follow your passion? Well, you know, um, it, I just say just move in the direction of your dream and do it hugely. Just, just you know, forget people are going to say that you've lost your mind. And yes. maybe you have to a degree. So what? Right. You know, just do whatever it is that you want to do. Um, it sounds very trite to say life is very short. But it is. Mm -hmm. That's right. So um, I don't think it's long enough if we live our 80 years or whatever it is we're supposed to have. It, it's just a flash in the pan.
So um, whatever it is that you want to do, just get the funk out. (laughs) (laughs) You know, just start doing it. Just start moving in that direction, you know, and it's just so amazingly powerful. And the people that love you are going to love you no matter what. That's right. You know, and the people that love you that don't support you, they still love you. They just think you're crazy. And that's okay. They get to have their opinion. And you have to block out the people that are toxic, that are really negative and just put that aside just you know mm-hmm. but I, you're very positive you you're not a negative person like the, the woman from new york who said i need my apartment back you're i can tell you just let it roll it's well right. yeah it's i i do believe that that every moment that we have is is a beautiful beautiful gift just every single moment and uh, this does not mean that i don't get upset or or angry sometimes, you know, I, I do, and I allow myself that. But the battles I choose are very few and far between. It's I mean, I, I'm not going to get upset. I, I don't scream ever. I don't raise my voice. It's not healthy. It's bad. It's There's yeah. why. Right. <laughs> you know? No, it's not healthy. It's yeah. Not healthy. Yeah. Everything's good. I mean, you, you. I feel like I live in this state of everything is good. And then once in a while, I drop out of it for a minute. It's all right. But I know that that, uh, that that is where I really live, in that state of everything is really cool, man. I mean, right. it's... Well, life is cool. And I, as I was telling my kids, when you see people that are limited by their health, health issues, someone's in a wheelchair, um, you know, someone who'll never walk again, someone who's got uh, debilitating disease... You have to be so thankful for everything, for the life you have, and live life to its fullest. You really have to, you know? It's a gift. You do. And, you know, I have been in the lives of several people that, you know, I'm a nurse. Mm -hmm. And um, I've known a lot of people and cared for a lot of people and have friends that have these debilitating things um, and just have a beautiful life anyway my friend Cindy Cindy Bernhardt she is uh, she's a painter she paints with her teeth because she's also a quadriplegic wow look at that so it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what what your body is like that's right it doesn't matter if you have a dream you can have it yes Yes. You can have what it is that you want. You know, That's it's right. all there. Just just go get it. That's right. Go <laughs> you know, for it. I always feel like if I'm in the world and what I want is in the world, then I can have it. That's good. That's a nice attitude. <laughs> I mean, it's right there. It's it's right it's right there. Except you cannot have my chocolate because you gave it away. No, I know. Kidding. I know. I can't have that. No, you can have some. We can open it when we wrap. Man. We actually do have to wrap up because Sheldon Abbott is coming up next with Kathy Hey, Sheldon. Awesome show. I want to thank you so much. Where can people find out more information about you? Well, um, I write for Blues Junction Productions. You can go to bluesjunctionproductions.com. There's some stories on there that I have written okay. um, and hopefully one coming up. And Cheesecake Blues and My Trip Across America is my Facebook page. So come join me. I'm going to go check that out. Sweet. Thank you so much, Julie Jenkins. I'm your host, Janine. I'll be back next Monday with more on Get the Funk Out. Have a great Monday. Have a great week, everybody. And up next, Sheldon Abbott with Cure for the Blues. You're listening to K-C-I 88.9 FM Irvine, Irvine, Irvine Friend us on Facebook at KUCI FM And Twitter at KUCI FM KUCI, talk, music, and more